what we do here is go back, 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 back. I, I would describe it this way is a lot of people say, you know, they, it was it was a roller coaster. I'm going to be specific. This was California screaming. We are back for another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And we are joined by a big-time special guest this week for our Raiders recap. And that is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mel Dreamy. Mel Dreamy, how's it doing? Great. Thanks for having me, guys. So as we get into this, uh, we're going to kick it over to Andy. He's going to give you all a little rundown of what we got in store for you. Yep. Excited to be here. Mel Dreamy, great to have you on, my friend, my brother, my confidant. So we are going to recap the year. So we just got done with the Super Bowl. You know, that's over. We're kicking into hyperdrive, as Adam Gase would say. We're going into draft season, free agency season. Um, but we wanted to take a look back at the 2020 Raiders season, get some thoughts from the panel here. So we'll actually start with just a quick Little tidbit, Super Bowl recap. Um, at this point, everyone knows the results of the game. Just give your thoughts. Everyone's going to talk. Just quick little tidbits. We'll work through that and then get into the premier content of the episode, which is the 2020 awards. Um, we have a couple different awards to hand out. The panel will select their player for these respective awards. We'll give our 2020 recap. And something I did not share with the two gentlemen that are on the other side is I have a little bit of a trivia for him. So that's how we're going to end it. I'm going to roll through the trivia at the end. They are not aware. Did that intentionally. They're going to be together. So it's going to be fun. Um, and then Michael will take us home. So as we get into it, just quick, you know, a couple minutes here, Super Bowl recap, Mel Dreamy, let's start with you. What'd you think of the game? Bucks, Chiefs overall? I think for the second year in a row, this was the uh, worst case scenario for us Raider fans of who was in the game. I found myself rooting for Tampa Bay. Um, I just cannot root for the Chiefs. I know Brady and all that, and I know the Bucks have uh, paid for all those guys to come in. Once they sign Brady, oh, oh Gronk's going to come out of retirement now, and all these other guys are going to join their team, like Antonio Brown. That kills me that he gets a Super Bowl ring. But anyway, I was rooting for them. A lot of people said that the um, Super Bowl was boring. I disagree. If you like defense as well, if you're not just the casual fan, man, that uh, Buccaneers defense was amazing. Those uh, all all three levels, you could just say they were lights out. And uh, to see those linebackers just chasing people down, what the D line did on um, just with a four or five man rush. I, yep. Anytime you see Pat Mahomes, you know, running for his life, like the one time that we did beat them, that that's good football. And uh, that's what I enjoyed watching for this Super Bowl this year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it, it was the worst case scenario last year. It was Chiefs Niners. And you're like, okay, I might as well cancel cable and not watch this thing, you know. But even then, I was, I was okay with the Chiefs winning once just so I didn't have to have the Niners fans um, having a Super Bowl. So this year, um, I'm in the same boat where it was like Tom Brady has killed us. He's been um, a thorn in our side for years. Tuck roll. Everyone knows it. But this year he's on a different team. So I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good to go for the bucks. 
Um, but I agree with everything you said. Chiefs were banged up. Tampa Bay, all three levels played well. Um, who would have thought that, you know, tackling and a consistent pass rush can actually fix a defense? So it was, it was nice to watch. It was good to see. You know, I, I agree. The, the score, it wasn't close. So the casual fans like, oh, this game's over. But I think from where you have the, um, you know, the Chiefs offense, which is high powered, and then you have Todd Bowles and the defense for the, for the Buccaneers, it was just a, it was a chess match all game. Um, and I think that was fun to watch. So um, might not have been enjoyable watching the game, but I think for the folks that are actually into, into football and the X's and O's um, watching it back again, I think you can appreciate a little bit. So um, Micah thoughts on, on what you saw Sunday. Well, as I predicted, the Buccaneers blew out the chiefs. Um, I think we, you didn't predict a blowout. Let's just I know, be clear. I did, I did not. Tom Brady, Super Bowl MVP. So I'll, I'll take that one, but not the other one. Uh, it was it was a really good game. I think the third tier of it being a tough game for Raider fans is seeing Devin White out there and seeing that we passed on him one pick previously, and he's out there with as one of the more elite linebacker groups in the league. And, and watching them do what they did was just an extra little thorn in the side. But uh, all in all, I, I thought it was a very entertaining game as well mostly from the side of, of watching Mahomes run all over the place, like you said, Dan. But it was, yeah, it was enjoyable. It was it was what it was. I think at this point it's hard, you know, not to just give Tom Brady kudos for the amount that he has accomplished. You know, could never root for the Chiefs, so it was hard rooting for Brady, but it was easier not rooting for the Chiefs. And it was a good game. I was thoroughly entertained. I will add that uh, we probably saw – about seven of the most exciting incomplete passes that we've ever seen in our lives. No doubt. <laughs> Unbelievable. Those throws. You just like, we've talked about it before, like previewing the chiefs games, like Mahomes like extends plays. It's never over until the whistle blows. Like those were the definitions of it. Yeah. It was like, maybe his knee might've been down a second after he let go of those balls. Mm-hmm. And they both were like almost catchable. One of them was over his forehead, but yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, it's, Call it what you want, but unfortunately, that's that's one of his his worst games where he still throws for you know sixty percent and five drop touchdowns, then throws one like Ben Stiller from dodgeball. So yeah, it, it was it was best case scenario for a worst case scenario Super Bowl. So um, we can move on, but we should give Mike a credit. He did predict the Buccaneers to win. Um, I was a little too chalked there, but you know any given Sunday, fellas. So. Well, that's it. That's a wrap on the 2020 NFL year, but let's talk a little bit about this Raiders season. So haven't dug into that too much recently. Obviously a lot of noise with the playoffs, starting with the wild card. Um, We were not in it if you haven't been paying attention. So um, not a lot of Raider content, but we're going to get into some awards. Just going to touch on five um, and we're going to start with the MVP on the offensive side of the ball. Mel Dreamy has a guest we would love for you to start. All right. Well, I guess I have three to choose from that I would select one being Derek Carr, you know, he threw for 4,100 yards and had 27 touchdowns, or it could be Waller who broke a Raiders record with 107 receptions or Josh Jacobs, who once again passed a thousand yards rushing. But realistically it, I think it has to go to Carr. I mean, a lot of people is a car is so polarizing that in the public, I don't get everything, but he's doing everything Gruden asked him to. He's totally controlling that offense, calling audibles at the line. 
and making his reads the way Gruden wants him to. He had a barely any interceptions uh, the first half of the year. Uh, some of them stacked up towards the end. Um, I don't know what the total was. It was either seven or nine or something like that, but somewhere in that range. But he just leads our offense, and I think he just does everything that's asked of him. I think too much blame gets put on his shoulders, rightfully so on those ones where he tries to reach out for the pylon and fumbles. I think we started to see him take off and run a little bit more this year, which adds another dimension to us. Of course, he's not Deshaun Watson. He's, you know, he's not that type of quarterback, but he can do it. Rich Gannon was that quarterback, but once he came to the Raiders and Gruden had to wrangle him in and tell him to stop running so much. So I think Gruden likes some, but not a lot. I think Derek Carr is doing everything that Gruden asked him to. Uh, 27 and nine. So yeah, you nailed it. Great touchdown to TD or TD to touchdown or interception ratio. You could attribute some of those to um, tip passes, drop passes that ended up in the um, defensive hands. So yeah, I, I think that's it. That's a good call. Micah, we got there, guy. I do think it was a toss up between two different people. As Dan alluded to, I'm going to have to go with Darren Waller because he just had an absolutely unbelievable year uh, week in and week out. He was a, mismatch to anybody that was having to go up against him he had almost 1200 receiving yards uh like you alluded to 107 receptions nine touchdowns broker raiders uh receiving record as a tight end he's just an unbelievable dynamic to our offense and you know we showed it last year and in, in having a breakout year and then just moved you know kept going with it this year so uh, i would have to say waller because he was you know, we saw some games where, you know, like against the Patriots where he kind of did, you know, get shut down and disappear. But for the most part, he was just unstoppable. We count on him at any point in time. And he was just an absolute huge bright spot in a very electric offense that we had for the most part of the season. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think those are the two. I think there's, you know, I'll throw Jacobs in there, um, but I think it is between Waller and Carr. Um, I had I had Waller just because of you know, week in and week out difference maker. Um, but I agree with Dan just as far as the progression and, you know, quarterback is not a weak spot on our, on our team when Carr is healthy. Um, and he has shown gradual um, and actually pretty significant improvement over the last couple of years handling the offense. So I agree with both. Um, I'll throw in Jacobs just because another thousand yard season, like Dan mentioned, I think he had nine touchdowns. No, he might've got over 12. No, he got 12. That's right. Um, and then you saw him a little bit more involved in the past game. I think something to not, not to be worried about, but I think it was a, a reflection of our year with the, the swinging door of our offensive line. Um, his yards per attempt dropped um, to 3.9. So something to consider, but I don't think it was more attributed to him. I know he's a little bit banged up, but I'll, also the offensive line was in flux throughout the whole year. So um, I think those are the three that carried us, and those are the three that are going to carry us throughout. So that's what we got for the offense Raiders MVP. Dan, would you like to add to that? Yeah, just as far as Jacobs goes, it's a little disappointing that his longest run this year was only 28 yards. Uh, yeah. He had a 51-yarder in his rookie season, and you just not seen him get past third level too much this year. I don't know what it was, but hopefully, you know, he can get back to the way he was his rookie year. Yeah, if I guess just to touch on that, I would just say that's – that's who he is. You know, I, I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't know if we're going to get someone that, that is, um, will be able to take, you know, take it to the third or, you know, level and, and kind of take it to the end zone. But I think he is someone that is going to consistently fall forward and get us to four to seven to, 
sometimes burst to 18 to 20, but that's it, you know? And, and, and I think where the NFL is going and if we can build it around the right way, it's going to be enough. But when you look at the elite running backs, as you're talking about, like the Derrick Henry's and Kamara's, it's like those guys, if you give them an inch in the second level, they're gone, you know? So I, I agree with that. That's a concern, but I think that's also reality. So we'll see, you know, we'll see if he gets another burst or maybe we can just get some deeper field blocks or, you know, down the field kind of settings there. So defensive MVP, Micah, would you like to start us? Yeah. Uh, so my defensive MVP is going to go to Nicholas Morrow and uh, mainly because, you know, linebacker has been such an issue for us uh, for a long time. We went out in free agency, picked up Littleton and Kwiatkowski and, you know, had a little bit of issues with, you know, starting out slow with the new guys, um, some injuries, some COVID stuff. And Morrow really stepped into his own on, on being probably the most consistent linebacker we had, you know, when quick was healthy, he was, he was, you know, playing really well, but Morrow really came in and showed that he can be a starter. He can be a, a reliable guy and, and showed he could cover people, cover tight ends or running backs if needed. And, uh, you know, is currently going on the free agent list, but hopefully we can bring him back and, and keep him on the team. But I, I think that he, in a very abysmal defense that struggled at all levels, I think he was a, surprisingly good you know player and the most consistent linebacker we had all year uh yeah no I, th- I think that's great he was a good flash for us so I, I i mean we talked about this before i don't know if there's a ton um to choose from um but dan what do you got for defensive player of the year for the raiders i like the nick morrow pick um you know between morrow and kwiatkowski and littleton they all had similar stats but nick morrow had to do his for coming from the bench all three of them are almost identical our secondary i just get so mad at those guys i don't want to award them anything i think that just to be different i'm gonna say jonathan hankins um he was our best d lineman he had 48 total tackles on the d line where if you look at the other guys' stats, they were abysmal. We need that stout defensive tackle play out of our guys, and he was the only one to give it to us. If he wasn't there, things could have been a lot worse, I think. Yeah, that's a great pick. One of my three, for sure. Not a ton to write home about on the D-line, but um, I'm going to go with Crosby, actually. Um, I, I think if you – the stats are what they are, right? He regressed from total number of sacks – went down from, I think it was 10 and a half to seven this year. But if you looked at it, if you watch the games in the film, it's, he was double teamed mostly every play on, on passing situations. And he played all 16 games through injury. He was the one consistent that we had, which was pressure and availability. So I think it's someone that we relied on and someone that offensive schemed up against because they didn't know who was going to show up. Dan talked about the D line that just rarely showed up. Um, and then kind of the influx of Clee Farrell being available, Arden Key here and there. So I think he was just the most consistent. I, I'm not too worried about the sack production. I think he had a lot of pressures um, that didn't attribute to those numbers. And, and he was someone that if you just outside of scheme looked at the Raiders defense, it was, are you hurt or are you able to make impacting plays? And I think he was both of those consistently, whether it showed up on the stat line or not. So I'm going to go Crosby. Yeah, I, th- I think there's only a handful of bright spots. So, To touch on that for a minute, I think that um, uh, we saw a lot of like, 
impact from players that didn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. Cause I think Trayvon Mullen was very similar in that, in that regards is, is kind of being our number one guy. And, um, but I do like that pick of Crosby because if you've heard anything coming out about the things he was playing through injury wise, it's like, man, to go out there, still get seven and a half sacks and take it on double teams. Like you said, was fantastic being as hurt as he was. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll have more options next year, fellas. Um, but let's get into another, not tough, but difficult decision for um, Raiders rookie of the year. We could have gone offense and defense, but eh, not a ton of choices, but here we go. I'm going to go Henry Ruggs. Ooh, weird. Right. But take a look. Number 12 overall pick. You had Judy go after him. You can name the name. CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. Cool. I think if you look at target percentage, just really overall offensive involvement, and he had some injuries, nothing about what I saw when he was ready to go and involved in the offense was anything different than what I thought he would be. So I think there's a lot of noise in between, but I have to take a look at, you have to, for me, at least I got to be able to say, okay, well, were you not who we thought you were going to be? Yes. You can talk about injury. You can talk about beating press coverage, maybe getting a little bit more bulky to beat that. But as far as he was not involved in the offense as much, and maybe that's a mental thing. So you can say, okay, maybe he needs to get in the playbook a little bit more. Sure. I do think if he got equal amount of target percentage or even close. Okay. I think Justin Jefferson, Jerry, Judy, they were in the 70 to 80% target percentage. Ruggs is in the 40 percentile. So I think you have to look at it from a sample size. So I think when you look at that, you think about the involvement in the scheme. And then also he had some injuries. I, I'm not so down on Ruggs as if he was such a bust. You can say, well, he was a top 15 pick, everything else. Sure. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not worried. It's more so like we need to get a full off season where he gets more into his playbook and we just get him entrenched into the offense. So that's where I'm going to go. I will kick it over to you guys. I know there's not a ton to pick through, but Dan, would you like to go for your Raiders rookie of the year? I too will go with rugs. <laughs> I agree with you, Andy. Um, all of our rookies played. All of them got playing time. Uh, Brian Edwards saw the field, the guard that Micah likes. He got playing time, but rugs was there most of the time. I think the only problem with rugs is the way Gruden uses him. We heard that he was going to be our Tyreek Hill, so I didn't know what to expect, but I said, cool, we got a Tyreek Hill now, but we didn't use him like Tyreek Hill. I think he's more like a Cliff Branch. So he took the top off, which opened up things up for Waller. I mean, you don't get stats for that, but he clears people out. Waller runs underneath. Waller catches 107 passes. He did his job. So I, too, will go rugs. That one felt good. Micah. Where you at? Funny you bring up uh, my man, John Simpson, because <laughs> he is going to be my rookie of the year. As you said, we don't have a lot to choose from. I think that Ruggs is the correct answer, but I'm going with my boy, John Simpson, and here's why. We had such a revolving door at offensive line, like you mentioned. A lot of things going on. He got shoved in there, you know. Uh, good got kind of moved around here and there. Good was obviously at, at guard, and then we had – Sam Young go down and good had to bounce out when Trent was out and all this stuff. And so he got plugged in there. And when he got plugged in, he did really well. He was by no means a different disappointment as anybody knows that I am big on him. And I wrote a blog about him, about how he's going to be our guard of the future. And I think that he showed a surprising amount of maturity being in there and 
you know, I guess I'm giving him this award for not being terrible when he got the opportunity. So hard, hard class to choose a rookie of the year in, but Simpson gets my award. I don't think we'll ever see a rookie of the year while Gruden is our coach because he spreads the ball out so much that we're not going to just feed the the rookie. Um, that's not us. That's what other teams do. But Gruden spreads the ball out so much. We're going to stay balanced. We're not going to get those stats. You know, last year we thought Jacob should have had it, but they gave it to uh, Kyler Murray. And that was mm-hmm. the closest we're going to get under Gruden's watch. So, don't ever expect any kind of uh, NFL accolades for our offensive rookies. Yeah, straight up. I mean, if, if you're keeping track at home, we took a wide receiver that was known as a reach um, and then also a backup guard. So that's where the Raiders rookie class is at. Um, but let's move on. A lot of good points there, fellas. Now let's get into some positives. Most improved, most improved Raiders player. Um, it could be year over year. It could be from what we thought their role was going to be starting the year and what it ended up being. The world is your oyster. Micah, please kick us off for most improved Raider of the year. Uh, Yeah, my most improved Raider of the year. This is just from a personal standpoint. You can't pick John Simpson again. Can't (laughs) shit. (laughs) No, uh, my most improved player is punter AJ Cole. I think that we saw like, we had a good offense, didn't punch that much. I think that maybe I just didn't notice it as much last year, but noticing this year, like how well he did, how well he was pinning, you know, them back when we did have to punt. He had a lot of inside the 20, inside the 10s, and was very consistent with his overall play. Uh, I really didn't know where else to go in this one. He was the first one that popped into my mind, so that's what I'm rolling with. I love that. Punters are people too, everyone. And he, I think he is, he's really good. And I think he's definitely gotten better. And if you remember Marquette King, strong leg, but when we would have to punt from our 45, because we had a false start, King would just punt it into the black hole just to show off his leg. And we're like, cool. That's not very many net yards. So Cole was what we aspired to be when we played coffin corner on Madden, when you just had to like try to hit I Don't it. know why people don't coffin corner. Don't get it. Maybe it's because the chargers fumble. Jeff Gossett, the greatest coffin corner punter ever. L.A. Raider, number six. Look him up. I, I will. I'll sing it, Ray Guy. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, you take Gossett, I'll take the Hall of Famer. Um, Dan, most, imp- <laughs> most improved Raiders player of the year. Well, I'm surprised Micah didn't take uh, Daniel Carlson. <laughs> yeah, special teams guy over there. I, I, it's hard to say most improved being his uh, first year with the Raiders, but I think Nelson Aguilar, he played a lot better than what we expected him to be. I think we thought he would be a role player. He turned out to be our number one receiver. He had a great rapport with Carr. Carr seemed to look for him first, and um, it was more than what I expected him to be when we signed him. Love that. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what we we're saying is it, it can be someone that is is our expectations. We he just blew him out of the water, and I think that's absolutely spot on. Aguilar was he? It was one year. It was it was not that minimum, but close to it, and then he ends up putting up a big year. So I I like that pick too. I love AJ Cole too, by the way, Micah, keep strong. Um, I'm going to (laughs) go, I'm going to go, I'm going Renfro guys. I think that from what he was his first year to what he is now to a very consistent, reliable third down target. That is not huge stack guy. He's not going to get in those ESPN highlights, but 
third and six, it's third and Renfro. And those key moments are so big in the game to convert those. He always runs the right route. He always goes like he goes the you know extra mile when he needs to. He'll duck down to not create more than he needs to. He knows exactly the situation. And that's what the Raiders don't have is situational football players. And have you seen him on punt return? Holy smokes. He gets killed mostly, but also he always gets like 10 to 15 yards. And if you can take that from a punt every time, He's just such a smart football player and he's never going to get the the noise that he deserves. But I love Renfro. I love what he's been in our offense and been to our team. I'm taking him. We're going to end on a negative. No, that's the Raiders here, right? Biggest disappointment 2020. Um, I will start. Um, my biggest disappointment was shocker Malik Collins signed him to a big contract. He was our captain in like the 12th hour of training camp somehow. And so he was supposed to be this big fix, and and I liked him coming out of Dallas, um, moving over moving over with uh, Marinelli. I thought that was a great find. Thought it was good value um, for what he was supposed to be, and he just was not. Was it injury? Was it scheme? Was it limited training camp OTAs? I don't know what it was, but it wasn't anything. Um, and to Dan's point, Jonathan Hankins is like 37 years old, and he played out of his mind. So he ended up filling that void for Malik Collins. But man, could we have used a 25 year old D tackle to plug that up? I don't even care about the pass rush at this point. Can you just stop the run? Um, he couldn't do much of that. Couldn't do much of either. So um, Malik Collins, very disappointed. A lot to do with the contract, a lot to do with what we expected of him. Um, and it was just frustrating to see because it takes a lot for me to get really excited about something like that. And I felt great. It felt great about who he was. And it was just like, all right, well, that's not even close. So I'm going Collins, Dan, Michael wants to go last. So you will go next. Biggest disappointment. 2020 Raiders season. My biggest disappointment is Trent Brown. He got paid a lot of money. And what did he do with that? He partied, I guess, because he went from this stout looking mountain to some fat guy that uh, missed so much time on the field. And it, it was getting to the point where I'm like, are we getting the AB treatment out of this guy? It's driving me crazy. And then, oh, he's supposed to be back. Oh, well, he got his lung punctured by a shot or whatever. I was like, all right, well, that's not his fault or whatever. But then it's something else. Then it's an ankle or whatever. And I, I get notifications of him tweeting, and there's some cryptic stuff. And I'm like, I don't trust this guy. And he's supposed to be the anchor of our line. And I'm gun-shy because of the past free agents that we've had. And now I'm worried about Trent Brown with all that money. That's that's exactly it. Is is The reason A.B. went the way he did is because he got paid – he got, you know, categorized as, as something and not to say that's what Trent Brown's going to be, but a lot of the same similarities. Dan was banging the drum early on. He was on top of it. He was in our mentions. He was in our group text clamoring for this. So hundred percent agree. Uh, Micah, who do you got? 2020 disappointment. Yeah. So you guys definitely stole my top two. So that was cool. Um, but I, I kind of was, was hoping that would happen. This one that I'm going with is more, of a personal disappointment because when we drafted him, I was like, hell yes, love this dude. And that's Amik Robertson. And I was so pumped because dude was raw. He was small, but going into it, you're like, he's going to be our slot corner joiners. Stupid ass can get out of there and stop being terrible. And they just, he wasn't ready. Apparently he wasn't ready to do that. Um, you know, he played at Louisiana tech played outside the whole time. So large learning curve moving to the inside like that. But I was just disappointed myself in the fact that like 
he wasn't out there getting playing time. And I realized it's a, you know, a learning thing, essentially kind of switching cornerback positions, but it was more of a personal disappointment. Not that he like let us down from his expectations, but he let me down from my wild expectation that I had from draft day. So. And that's the worst is you're not mad, just disappointed. You know, that sucks. Sucks to hear that. Well, boys, let's tie a bow on this 2020 Raiders season in a short, short sentence, short couple sentence. You can rant. I, I rant all the time. Say what you want about this 2020 year. Just summarize it. Who would like to start? I'll open it up. I've been delegating a lot. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Dan, go first, man. This uh, 2020 season seemed like a mirror of the 2019 season. We had a lot of upside because in 2019 we flashed. So we come out like gangbusters. We're excited. We're a contender. We're walking with our chest out, proud to wear our Raider clothes. And for the uh, second year in a row, we just fizzle out and run out of gas. Very frustrating. Very frustrating for what we saw. Too many injuries. You know, everybody wants to blame it on COVID and there was no training camps. People came in out of shape, like I just mentioned in the previous segment, but the season fell flat on its ass and the fans griping about car or which way is better. I mean, we saw what, how good we can be, you know, the offense, I don't know if they averaged over 30 points a game, but it seemed like that was our average but our defense gave up 34 points a game, whatever the, I don't know what the real numbers are, but that's our season in a nutshell. So we definitely have some work to do. There was things that Gruden and Mayock said that they needed to do to go get better in 2020. And that was red zone offense. Did we get better at red zone offense? Mm, I don't think so. We need to get better at uh, third and ones. Did we get better at third and ones? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, Gruden, you got everybody's playbook and you got all them films, just steal some other people's short yardage stuff and uh, keep drives going. But we did see flashes of them doing it. And that's like when, and they're on, they're on, but there's just some times when they're not getting it done and you got to get it done all the time to be one of the good teams. So. Yep. Can't agree with you more there, guy. Uh, Micah, would you like to go? I'll take us home. Yeah, I, I think that Dan really nailed it on the head. I mean, it was, you know, it was just deja vu from last year, like even down to getting blown out by a three and seven team after going six and four the first part of the season. It, it was one of those things that all year you're talking to yourself like this is going to be different. This time it's going to be different. Went back to an X, but this time it's going to be different. And it just happened again. I, I do think like we do have a better team and our team is the team is much better offensively, I guess I'll say than last year, but they're not any difference in the sense that they couldn't get it going down the stretch. You know, they couldn't hang on to it down the stretch. I feel like I I try to be optimistic on on a lot of things. So I look at it and think like our defense was atrocious last year, but it's because we're young. It's because our DC was completely incompetent. Um, Not our, not our quarterback DC, but the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, just hope that like young guys, they need some veterans in there and help them help them progress and get better. So, but all in all, the the year itself was was rough because they essentially added an extra playoff spot, and we still couldn't figure a way to get into the playoffs. So that in itself was disappointing. But I don't know. Like Dan said, it just kind of mirrored last year. 
you know, 2020 was not good for just about everybody in life in general, but for the Raiders, they just, they just ran it back from 2019. So. Yeah. I thought with how crazy 2020 was, we would be able to get some, some sort of happiness, but I I would describe it this way is a lot of people say, you know, it it was, it was a roller coaster. I'm going to be specific. This was California screaming is what I think our 2020 season was. So fast start. Anyone rode California screaming? I actually have rode it with both of you. So I know you have California screaming. You're holding on, you're holding on. Boom. Take off. That's the draft. That's free agency. Boom. We got rugs. We got Littleton, Kwiatkowski, adding all these guys taking off. And then bit little bit some quick dips like oh okay didn't expect that you know beat the panthers nice lose the patriots okay hit the corner lost one game then we go upside down on mickey mouse's face basically the falcons game then we hit the hard left halting stop we don't make the playoffs eight and eight that's what i think our year was i spent a little bit of time on that just so you guys know not too much time but um sometime but i feel like that's exactly you guys outlined it very well um but it was just a lot of ups and downs a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but more so week by week optimism. Um, but just to end the year and feel like these are the same old Raiders and here we go. So that is our recap. I do have something special at the end. It's just a trivia. It's a game. Okay. Didn't talk to you guys about it, but here are the rules of engagement. Okay. So it is a Raiders draft. This is a Raiders prospect trivia. Okay. So we're getting into draft season. We're transitioning from the NFL year. We're going to stick on the Raiders topic, but more so let's get into this draft season. Cool. What I need is I'm going to ask the question. Let me finish the question. And the first one to raise their hand. So I need you guys to be able to Dan with your left, Mike with your right. Can you please easily disclose? Perfect. Okay. Quick twitch. Bang. Cool. I will be able to, and if, and if I'm wrong from what I see, you guys can fairly say, no, I think this other person got it first. Okay. Not a ton of questions. Just going to ramble through, not a big deal, but whoever wins this, you know, could be crowned the best. A lot at stake fellas. So it's going to go easiest to hardest. Okay. Just so we're going to slow play this a little bit. Question number one, in what year was Derek Carr drafted? Micah. 2014. 2014 is correct. Dan, not a big deal, man. Okay. One question. <laughs> We're not flustered at all. Okay. Here this we go. This buzzer. The buzzer's <laughs> yeah. 47 years old. It doesn't work and as good as it used to. It's true. It's true. Um, okay. Question number two. Which Raiders quarterback was drafted in the second round in 1968? Dan. Tom Flores. That is incorrect. Oh, shit. Micah, the floor is yours. Which Raiders quarterback was drafted in the second round in 1968? We, we're going to have to let Micah. So if Micah, choose, if Micah goes and doesn't get it, you guys both have one rebuttal. I'm making up the rules as I go. 1968 Raiders quarterback, second round. Obviously, this wouldn't be a one-off random person. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not throwing you guys for a bone here. Tom Floor is very relevant. Congratulations. I'm going to defer to Dan as I am drawing a blank. So I apologize for that. Ken Stabler. Dan, Ken Stabler. Very good. Out of baby. Question number three. Which team originally selected Bo Jackson? Dan. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers is correct. Very relevant. Congrats. Dan is ahead two to one. Now this is going to be a tricky one, boys. You're going to have to go back into the archives. You're going to have to go in a couple of different ways. In 2009, one of the co-hosts on this podcast got in trouble because he ditched the gold nugget parade to watch the Raiders waste a draft pick on this player in the first round. I will repeat the question. In 2009, one of the co-hosts on this podcast ditched the gold nugget parade got in trouble later because he wanted to watch the NFL draft and have the Raiders select this player in the first round. Micah. Rolando McLean. Rolando McLean is incorrect. Dan, you have a choice. In 2009, this player was selected and one of the co-hosts chose to leave the gold nugget parade to attend this Raiders draft party at your house. 2009 first round selection. Who was it? And I will also mentioned that it was a waste of a pick and a waste of an effort on one of these co-hosts. Jamarcus Russell. That is incorrect. Micah. Darius Hayward Bay. Darius Hayward Bay is correct. Congratulations. It's tied. It was uh, supposed to be Crabtree. And then um, the year of Jamarcus Russell is either you or Jason through the remote at the television. So, okay. Now this is this question. You have to get all three. Okay. All three layers of this. I want you all to know it is two to two with both respectable answers on each end. Question number five, name the only three players drafted by the Raiders fourth overall. You can work through it, just, but you have to get all three or I won't tell you it's correct. I will repeat the question as you guys think. Name the only three players drafted by the Raiders fourth overall, sorry, in the first round, if you needed that information. Sometimes talking about it, you can workshop it. It makes sense in the head. Sometimes your partner defers just so you get extra selections, okay? There's a lot of options here. Now, as they think about it, we will kick it over to our sponsor. The Raider Take Podcast is brought to you by Rise Collective. Whether you want a Foster Moreau or other haircuts that Mike has mentioned before, go to Rise Collective, um, risecollective.com, backslash Deanna Bloom. Book your salon session now. <clears throat> and we're back. Question number five. Boys, have you thought about it? Name the only three players drafted by the Raiders fourth overall in the first round. Dan, name them. Say Charles Woodson, Cleveland Farrell, and Amari Cooper. I'm going to repeat the question. Oh, it has to be in order? Name the only four players Four players. Four players. <laughs> Damn it. I thought it was three. This makes it even harder. This like, makes it way harder. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, okay, yep. Um, may have been an updated source. But, fellas, name the only four players drafted by the Raiders fourth overall in the first round. All right. I'm going to go with Charles Woodson, Cleveland Farrell, Amari Cooper, and Darren McFadden. That is correct. Darren McFadden is it, boys. Congratulations. May have been misled by the original question, but we fired that intern. Good job, Dan. That should be worth more points, but it only counts as one. Moving on to number six. Who was John Gruden's first NFL draft pick? Dan. Sebastian Janikowski. That is incorrect. Though Seabest was a great value at number 17. Micah. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson is correct. Congratulations. We're back. So first thought for me, I was like, that's Colton Miller. No. That was a second stint, guys. Come on. It's three to three. I did not think it would be this. Not like I favored one or the other, but this is good content. We're at number seven, the last question of the night. This is, and I, once again, easiest to hardest, boys. Okay? Easiest to hardest. 
this prospect started out as a running back before transitioning. Do you have a question or do you have an answer? Taiwan Jones. Okay. So I need to read the question first. Once again, as I stated in the rules, um, you'll be fine for that. I will not find you a point, but we are going to start at my original question. This, <laughs> this prospect started, this is a multi-layer question. Okay. So let it just phase out. Okay. Get your thoughts in. Don't defer. This prospect started out as a running back before transitioning to fullback. Okay. After his playing days, hold on. No guessing. I don't need hands in the screen. After his playing days, he was once reported in an emotional high school interview saying the linebackers need to be disciplined and know their responsibilities. If they catch us freelancing, we could be in trouble. Later on, he added, if we can stand up front and stop the trucks, we can stop their vaunted double wing superpower. Micah. Zach Crockett. It is not Zach Crockett. Once again, the theme of this is Raiders prospects. I will read his emotional interview again. The linebackers need to be disciplined and know their responsibilities. If they catch us freelancing, we could be in trouble. Later on, he added, if we can stand up front and stop the trucks, we can stop their vaunted double wing superpower. Dan Meldrum. That is Dan Meldrum. Correct. Dan, you have won this round. Wow. <laughs> that was Dan Meldrum. He did say that after his playing days, very emotional interview. That was the hardest question of the night. Absolutely. Congratulations, boys. Um, Micah, you did well. Dan came out on top. Zach Crockett was a good guess, but um, only the guy that said it really is going to be able to, to go back that far in the vault. So that's it. That's all I have for the Raiders prospect Trivia, Micah, take us home unless we have any other words or comments from the panel. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You got it, Dan. As always, we appreciate uh, the love you guys show us. Uh, Share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook, wherever you see it. Hope you guys liked our Raiders season recap with our special guest. Later, we will be getting back into more draft stuff. We interrupt this program for an important news announcement. This year has been a trying year for all. It's been tough. Many families, many fandoms, specifically Raider Nation. And when Micah decided to take this podcast path to where it is, it was, it was, I was hesitant at first. But as we, we conquered... Each step, it, it was a victory in itself as we were able to establish a consistent schedule. We were able to get some good content and really, more importantly, some amazing followers, amazing fans, likers, subscribers, readers, and listeners. And as we get through this 2020 recap awards episode, we have to, we absolutely have to unveil the Raider Take Podcast Listener of the Year. And it was hard. It was hard for, for us to, to look at the year and say, who just made the biggest impact? Who was the most, you know, selfishly, the most beneficial um, person to this, to this pod outside of really Micah, because I don't bring much, but really outside of him, who was the most impactful and, and we had a lot of interaction with our fans, a lot of great guests. You know, I'll, I'll just go through the guests. We had uh, Steve Wisniewski, great, great guest. You know, him and I ended up following each other on Twitter. 
he's a little problematic at times. Um, I will say that. So um, you got into the election a little bit. And, and Steve, I think I, I, everyone has their own opinion. But, you know, we're also trying to make sure we, we can really impact everyone on either side. Um, we had Connor Rogers, who was a great, great, um, great guest, great analyst, dear friend of the pod. He brought a lot to the table and, and really helped us grow this to another, um, another level. But, you know, we had guests. We had uh, Mel Dreamy was on. Um, he was on one time when I was hurt or injured. And then we also had him, obviously, as you are listening, we had him on the 2020 recap episode, which he didn't know, but we are also softening the blow because he just didn't qualify. So where it left us was the battle between B. Bauer and Cub Boy, and it was a ferocious battle, I would say. It was, it was back and forth, but as the blows went back and forth between the two, there was only one man that stood above the rest that would never quit, would never surrender, because in his heart he knew what his role was, and he knew that the most important thing was to bring content and to be loyal and to be the Raider Take Podcast Listener of the Year. We have B. Bauer joining us. Congratulations on the award. We're so happy for you. To be perfectly honest, it was not even close. Um, we'd like to bring different people in, give them some credibility, but it was not close, B. Bauer, and we appreciate that you are um, someone who competes at the highest level, um, but also does not expect much. You're just going to do your thing and you will let the cards fall. Um, how do you feel winning this award 2020? Um, you know, it's 2021. Now you have a title to really defend. How are you feeling currently? Right now it, I'm on top of the world. When it comes to Raider wins, we usually start off strong and then sink at the end. And I wanted to make sure that I did not follow suit with that and bring some pride to Raider Nation. My competition I knew was Steve Wisniewski. Uh, like you say, problematic or not, I'll quote Michael Jordan and say, Republicans buy sneakers too. You need to sell to both audiences. And so I understood that he would have been a key contender for this award. I understand with the rise of evil this year through the 2020, everyone was talking about it, the rise of Cutboy or COVID, whichever one you want to talk about. It's good to have something that just like ends that contagious negative vibe that just oozes out from everybody. And I'm, I was happy to be that Pfizer, that Moderna vaccine to just bring some life and energy into 2020. And I know it'll continue to 2021. Things are looking bright for everybody here in Raider Nation and beyond, uh, thanks to RTP. And I'm a proud first representative of the RT Plotty Raider Take Podcast Listener of the Year. And I hope to rebound and not pull at Chiefs in the Super Bowl, come back strong and go two for two. You know, we, we are honored. There, there are a lot of things I could say about what you just said. But I, I think, you know, where I'm going to go is I've had a lot of interaction with the media, a lot of interaction with the fans. And, and they, they saw that, you know, as, as we're going into this episode, you, you, were, you were minus 375 going into it. You know, I think, I think it was Wisniewski was like plus 550 Cubboy you know, plus 325, you know, so, so very heavy odds. And so a lot of the fans were saying, hey, we're predicting Bauer to win, but does he realize there's a target on his back? What do you have to say about the people that think that maybe, 
I don't know, maybe it was just too uneven. Maybe are you, are you going to be complacent in the year 2021? I think it showed uh, throughout this year that absolutely not. I had targeted my back week two. And what did I do? I came on this podcast and what did I say? You come at the king, you best not miss. That's and right. they missed time and time and time again. And uh, it's clear that I came out on top. I, I definitely uh, need to make sure I, I stay true on my off-season workouts to listen to mm-hmm. uh, the podcast as much as possible to stay up to date on what's, if there's anything new, new transition into the opening monologue. I just need to make sure that I'm staying true to myself. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, I definitely could use the support from the fans as well. Um, and I know that uh, Jay Bauer, 925 is definitely a listener and gives me some feedback. And so that, that stuff helps. I know uh, Mel Dreamy, I believe he goes by, you know, he gives you some feedback and yeah. you know what you need that without that feedback. How are you supposed to grow? How are you supposed to better yourself without that? And you may, some people may take it as negativity, yeah. take it as uh, criticism that is needed to improve yourself. And, and I'm hoping to receive some of that as long as it's not from Cubboy. Good. Um, I have two last questions for you. So um, number one, you know, as the King, right. You know, on top of the world, I think it's important to celebrate it tonight, but where do you, when you're getting back in the lab with the pen and a pad tomorrow, where are you focusing to get better? Uh, tomorrow specifically, probably in grading mm-hmm. for prospects. my job. Yep. Yeah. Grading prospects too. Yep. Um, but as soon as this three day weekend hits, uh, mm-hmm. that's when I'm going to like, some people will take that three day weekend, maybe go on a small trip. Sure. Uh, maybe spend it with her Valentine. Hmm. No, my, my love that I'm focusing on is my wife, obviously. Yep. So also it's um, the Raider Take podcast and I'm going to be focusing on, on you guys um, and maybe come up with some questions like the mm-hmm. top 100 questions to come prepared for next year, but also my wife. Yeah. My wife is my Valentine. Good. Yep. So focus on the wife. Um, for next year. Good. Um, okay. So, and this is, this is just, this is me. Okay. You know, I, I think with there, there are higher channels. I need to, you know, facilitate this too. I, I think we need to have further conversations, but we understand that you're, well, rough and rowdy is a thought. <laughs> if you want Darren Ravel, I, I, you, we just, I think, I, I think, you know who I want. I, I think we do. Um, so, you know, I, w- I was doing my research on, on Wikipedia and I found out that you are technically on a contract year. So as it was with banter sports, things went the way they did, um, understanding that, you know, another company bought out um, banter sports, unfortunately. Um, and so there's been some back and forth. Um, but really, when you signed at banter sports, you know, back in 2015, I believe, right? Was it September of 2015 when you signed there? That is correct. Okay. Um, so there were, there were a couple, you know, I, I believe Baldwin took, uh, he took a one-year deal. Um, Ditto signed for two. Um, McDonald, he signed for three, um, but he had two option years um, and also had a no trade clause because he's kind of a diva that way. Um, but you were the one person that committed to six full years um, at banter sports and there has been some negotiations back and forth, but that would make it seem as if you were on a contract year. Um, can you confirm that or not? Unfortunately, I can confirm it. You know, banter sports has definitely not treated me um, mm-hmm. well. And I've definitely kept that close to this is the first time I'm starting to be outspoken about it. 
Yeah. Because I, I, they did give me a lot in those first two mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, but every day after those first two weeks, after I signed the dotted line, it's just, mm-hmm. it just hasn't been, it hasn't right. been the same. Okay. We have breaking news on B Bowers contract situation. Um, so we recorded the pod last night. And the reason we're doing this tonight is because we did the Raiders 2020 recap and awards episode. We brought in Mel Dreamy, great guest, um, good co-host for us. But after we stopped recording, Mike and I hopped on the phone, got on the conference line with Banter Sports, and really it was, what would you say, Micah, four to five hours of tough negotiation back and forth. Um, would you agree? Was it because it was right around 2 or 3 a.m. is when we stopped? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say that going into it, both sides couldn't have been you know, mm-hmm. farther apart from each other. So it, it, took a little, it took a little while to get to where we ultimately needed to go. So. Correct. Yeah. And so, and we had, we had leverage because it was a contract year and also we had, um, you know, this value prop. And so the fact that they were bankrupt and the fact that they had lost um, three of their four podcast hosts already, um, we had some leverage. So as of tonight at 12 o'clock, this won't break. TMZ will not get this until tomorrow morning, but we have actually bought you out of your contract with banter sports. We are bringing you on RTP um, and what that means. And Mike and I will go through the contract language and what the requirements, not necessarily requirements, but um, you know, would be for your role, but you are now a part of the Raider take podcast. It's not just the award. It's not just the RTP listener of the year. You're actually now a part of the RTP podcast, which means you have to come on whenever we ask you to, but also we want you to be on. You will be more involved. You will be more of a co-host and we wanted to extend that olive branch. Um, and also you don't have a choice because we bought you out of your contract. So now um, because we did that, we also re-upped you for six more years. So thoughts on that B Bauer, as you just hear the late breaking news. My initial inclination is concerned because now I feel like I must have some untreatable disease because I must be a Make-A-Wish Foundation kid at this point because that's the only explanation for me to get this opportunity because that would be my one wish. If I had one wish. Is wow. ESPN filming me? They mm-hmm. must be. I, w- I will get into the nitty gritty. So, so they were unwilling to, um, you know, they wanted to extend you. They were unwilling to give up your rights. And so I may have negotiated that every other week I have to drop off um, a Slim Jim and a Gatorade to each representative of Banter Sports. I'm not happy about that, but I think that was worth the risk of what I had to do to get you back on the pod. So you are a highly coveted asset. We're happy to have you, and we're so excited to see where this goes. Um, once again, whenever we want, we're just going to pull you in, regardless of what you're doing at that time. Um, but also, you're going to be a valuable asset to this community, and we are so thankful for this award to give to you and also for what you're going to bring to this podcast. Be Bauer. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe next year it'll be like a rookie of the year award. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's what I can be going for. I, I hope I can bring some talents of maybe it's uh, like a Jake Marshall of another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's public relations. You've seen my work in PR and <laughs> <laughs> sending out messages. So uh, I just anything I hope to be a utility guy for you guys, just with whatever way possible. Yeah. We're, we're absolutely excited. Um, once again, congratulations on the RTP listener of the year, and also the extension of your contract being previously bought out by Banter Sports. Maybe it's kind of like going from the major leagues and going to, you know, Japan ball. You once played for the San Francisco Giants. Now it's the Kazahaka Rakasui Giants, you know, but we pay in yen and it's also more valuable. So we welcome you. 
with open arms. And Micah, anything to add to that as we welcome our new man, our new member of the team, our new co-host, really. Just so excited that we could, you know, uh, give you this award and bring you on and, and really just excited to see where things go from here. You know, I, I think Andy basically pulled a, we're giving you a free trial. We hope you don't remember to uh, unsubscribe from your paid subscription because we forced you to put a credit card in. So um, that's what him signing you on for six more years was just, you know, in hopes that you forget that you signed up for the seven day free trial of HBO Max. Absolutely. But anyways, Brett, Bauer, <laughs> congratulations. B Bauer, as he's known, Cub Boy. Um, so sorry to hear about that, but well-deserved. You brought so much content to the pod. We are so excited to bring you on, add some more content, um, and really open up the playing field for 2021. But who knows? Might just have to fuck around and defend it again. So um, that's all I got. Raider Nation, love you guys. You guys are so proud of me. Bauer, we are proud of him. Micah, take us home, my friend. Well, we appreciate you coming on to accept this award and uh, look forward to many more years to come of the incorporation that not only you have put into this podcast, but we are forcefully inserting you into this podcast as well. So appreciate it. That's how it's done by force. It's the only way. Um, anyways, B Bauer, we love you, man. We are excited to bring you into this family. Raider Nation, stand up. Micah, this is great. A new edition. Yeah. Love it. Can't uh, can't wait for what the future holds. Till next week. We'll see y'all later. Peace.